welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Tuesday of the second week of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Enable us, we pray, Almighty God, to proclaim the power of the risen Lord, that we, who have received the pledge of his gift, may come to possess all he gives when it is fully revealed. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. The whole group of believers was united, heart and soul. No one claimed for his own use anything that he had, as everything they owned was held in common. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus with great power, and they were all given great respect. None of their members was ever in want, as all those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring money from them to present it to the apostles. It was then distributed to any members who might be in need. There was a Levite of Cypriot origin called Joseph, whom the apostles surnamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He owned a piece of land, and he sold it and brought the money and presented it to the apostles. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is king with majesty enrobed. The Lord has robed himself with might. He has girded himself with power. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. The world you made firm, not to be moved. Your throne has stood firm from old. From all eternity, O Lord, you are. The Lord is king, he is robed in majesty. Truly your decrees are to be trusted. Holiness is fitting to your house. O Lord, until the end of time. The Lord is king, he is robed in majesty. Alleluia, alleluia. The Son of Man must be lifted up, so that all who believe in him may have eternal life. Alleluia. 
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Do not be surprised when I say you must be born from above. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. That is how it is with all who are born of the Spirit. How can that be possible? asked Nicodemus. You, a teacher in Israel, and you do not know these things? replied Jesus. I tell you most solemnly, we speak only about what we know, and witness only to what we have seen. And yet, you people reject our evidence. If you do not believe me when I speak about things in this world, how are you going to believe me when I speak to you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven, except the one who came down from heaven, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And the Son of Man must be lifted up, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we're continuing today with this discourse between Jesus and Nicodemus. And it's pretty heavy stuff, and I think you've got to kind of sit with it a little bit and think about it and pray about it and meditate upon it. But yesterday we heard our Lord Jesus tell us that what's Born of the flesh is flesh. What's born of the spirit is spirit. As much to say that we receive our life from our parents in the flesh and the life that we receive is human life. But to be born from above, to be born of the spirit, is to receive a new kind of life. The life that comes from God. Divine life. And it's this divine life, the life of the spirit, that makes us sons and daughters of the Father. Now, Nicodemus famously asks that question. Well, how can a grown man be born again? Can he go back into his mother's womb? And it is kind of a ridiculous sort of question that Nicodemus asks. But here, he seems to be reading it simply as being born a second time. Whereas there's actually a kind of play on words here, What Jesus says is not just being born again, but being born from above, receiving life from a whole new place, receiving a new principle of life, which comes from above, the life of the spirit, which comes from God. And so it's here that we pick up again. Jesus says to Nicodemus, Don't be surprised when I say you must be born from above. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. Now that word wind, again, it has a double meaning. The word for wind and the word for spirit is the same word. So just as the wind blows wherever it pleases and you don't know where it comes from, well, so too the spirit blows wherever it pleases. Where does it come from? Not from a place that you know and that you've measured. It comes from above. It comes from the place of God. And where is it going? Well, just as you don't know the destination of the wind, you don't know the destination of the spirit either. So, Nicodemus, don't be surprised that what I'm saying to you is new. 
is something that you don't fully understand and whose meaning you cannot fully plumb the depths of. And now Nicodemus, he's a little bit more humble. No more snarky remarks. He just comes back with, how can this be possible? And now it's Jesus' turn to stick it to Nicodemus a little bit. You, a teacher in Israel, you do not know these things? Well, let me tell you my qualifications. He says, I tell you most solemnly, we speak only about what we know and witness only to what we have seen, and yet you people reject our evidence. Okay, fair enough. How is it that you know what you know? Because it's part of your experience, and what you bear witness to in your life is what you have experienced. And Jesus is revealing the things of heaven. He's talking about being born from above. He's talking about the spirit which comes from above. How can he know these things? Because Jesus himself is from above. No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the son of man who is in heaven. That's the qualification That's how Jesus is able to know what he knows and reveal what he reveals. Up until this point, Nicodemus has called Jesus rabbi and has acknowledged that he comes from God because of the signs that he works. But he's no mere prophet. Jesus is showing that what he reveals are the things of heaven because of who he is and where he comes from. And now Jesus takes another step forward. He says, And the Son of Man must be lifted up, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert. So to get this bit, we need to know something of the event when Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert. And we read about it in the book of Numbers. That while Israel's on their path towards the promised land, they're complaining, as usual, against God. And God sends deadly serpents into the camp that start biting the Israelites and they start dropping dead from the venom. And so Moses prays before God and God gives an instruction to make a bronze serpent and put it on a standard and put that standard with the bronze serpent upon it in the center of the camp, so that if any Israelites are bitten by a serpent, by one of these venomous snakes, that they're able to look up towards the bronze serpent on the standard and be saved. Now Jesus is saying, well, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, this bronze serpent, which was the restoration of the life of those who had been bitten by a snake. Now Jesus is saying, just as Moses did that, the Son of Man must be lifted up on his standard, so that whoever would look to him in faith and believe, that they would have new life. But not the restoration of their present life, as had happened at the time of Moses, but the gift of new life the gift of eternal life, the life that comes from above, the life of the Spirit. And so now we see an intimate link that is being drawn between the Spirit which comes from above and our new birth from above 
and the lifting up of the Son of Man upon his standard. Now there's a double meaning here. That word lifting up, it refers to the physical elevation of something, but also the exaltation of something. When the Son of Man is lifted up, when the Son of Man is exalted, everyone who believes in him may receive eternal life. Jesus now has established a very intimate link between the new life which comes from God, the life of the Spirit, and his own suffering, death, and resurrection. Now let's cast our mind back a couple of weeks to Good Friday. When Jesus is lifted up from the earth, what is it that the Apostle John tells us about the moment of his death? We read this. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and handed over the Spirit. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For, For the, the kingdom, kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself 
and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father.